Rebecca and Jerry have just announced their topics for fall quarter at Cold Wax Academy, which begins October 12th. So with a special focus on member participation, they are planning a couple of new features. One will be online mentoring to help with issues in creative practices. And one session this quarter will be devoted to members tracking their painting progress over the past year. The quarterly member critique and painting clinic for works in progress will also be featured along with further information on professional development. You can sign up for one of two membership levels at any time and catch up on the past two years of recorded weekly sessions at your own pace. So to hop on in for the fall quarter, that's coldwaxacademy.com, coldwaxacademy.com. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about the challenges of exhibiting. Whether it's your first exhibit or you are a veteran of many, an upcoming show of your work can take you on a wild ride of emotions and expectations. In anticipating the planning, producing, and stress involved, you may even wonder, why bother? Yet, for most artists, being able to show their work in a public space is important to their identity as artists. On today's episode, we'll look at the benefits and rewards of exhibiting and the role it plays in an art career, as well as some of the emotional and logistical challenges. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so uh, um, this this episode is a follow-up to uh, the previous one in which we went through a lot of the practical things to be aware of and take care of um, when you're thinking you'd like to uh, get an exhibit lined up, and then once you get it lined up, uh, how to follow through on that. And it was a lot. Um, and, and then, uh, as now, we were focusing on exhibits not uh, where you're just showing like a piece, but exhibits where you're showing, you know, a pretty good selection of your work. So that might be a solo exhibit, or it might be, you know, a, a very small group show, like two or three people. And also, also exhibits that are in a in a conventional setting, like a gallery or an art center. Um, that's what we were focusing on last week and this week, although I would say the information today can probably be applied more generally to any time you're exhibiting, um, although you know, I am mainly thinking of the situations uh, that I just described. Um, and also, in the situation that we went through last week, and what I'm kind of thinking of here is one in which the venue you're working with, whether it's a commercial gallery or a non-commercial gallery, they are handling a lot of the details of um, publicity, of, you know, arranging for the show and all kinds of things. So, um, you know, if if that is not the case and you are doing it all, it is a bigger deal. So, <laughs> but, but to the question, uh, why bother, which, you know, you kind of brought up in the intro there, to me, and I think to a lot of artists, making the artwork is, of course, our major focus, what we do. But there's another step, and the step, the next step is somebody sees the work. So very few artists don't care if anyone ever sees it. There's a communication uh, that's kind of um, intrinsic to what you do, and you want somebody to receive it. So that is uh, the basis for wanting to exhibit. And 
I kind of feel that if you're in this game and if you're making art and you want to exhibit it, why not be ambitious about it? And yeah, start small is always good advice. You know, show show a piece here or there, get into some, some uh, jury shows and things like that. But there will be a time when you have the opportunity to exhibit uh, a whole body of work. And when you can do that and show a lot of different pieces that are related to one another, that is a much more complete picture of yourself as an artist. Um, and it's it's a much more, for the viewer who's looking at your work, it's a much more immersive experience um, to see uh, every all your work in context with all the other work. It's it, it's going to talk to each other, as I kind of like to say. Um, you know, it's it's... It is a significant event to have an exhibit of quite a few of your pieces. And, you know, recognizing that you're in the spotlight and it's a huge opportunity to show what you do, talk about what you do. Um, and so it's not just at the exhibit, but it also extends to uh, other aspects that may you may have available, like giving a talk or... Um, you know, writing something for your blog or posting your work on social media. And so the the exhibit itself can be sort of an anchor for a bigger exposure of your work. Uh, people, some people will see it in person. Other people will simply know that you have the show and they'll be curious and they'll go to your website and your Instagram and all that stuff. Um, I think one of the most wonderful things about having an exhibit that I experience whenever I do is that moment when you walk into the gallery and you see your work hung on the walls and it's properly lit, at least hopefully so. It's it's uh, properly spaced, at least hopefully so. But it's going to look really good. It's going to look different than it did, you know, propped up against your work table or something in your studio. And so you're seeing your work in a new way, a fresh way. It's exciting, and you often I often have the thought, did I did I do that? Who did that? You know, because it it can look it can look different and in a good way. So, you know, that moment is one reason to have an exhibit, uh, to to see your work um, in a professional setting like that. And I think the other important thing as you're thinking about why do this, why is it important. It is a challenge for you in your art practice to create um, a, a group of work that's cohesive, that's going to exhibit well together. Um, it's a challenge to complete that, to, to have the goal, to reach the goal, and to do as, as much work as you need to to get there. It is a big commitment, um, but it's again, it's an opportunity to really make a statement about your work, about who you are and what you're doing, and to think of the exhibit as that opportunity to say more than you could say with one piece. Um, of course, uh, there are also uh, financial aspects of this. And, and last week we touched on the fact that you will have a financial commitment almost no matter where you show because you're going to be uh, doing something to get your work to the gallery. <laughs> it's going to cost you something. But but a, another reason, of course, that people exhibit is in the hopes of selling their work and it is really um, the best chance for people to see your work in person and to see it as a group and to see a range of things that you do and 
just to experience it. People often say, um, you know, if they've only seen your work uh, online or in photos, see your actual work and such a common response that people have of, oh, you know, it has so much more depth in person or it, you know, it's, it's so much more uh, involved or complex or something. No matter how good the photographs are that we put out there, they don't, they don't put you in front of the work and you don't have that nearly tactile experience when you're just, you know, inches away from, from the surface of the work. So um, I think those are all really you know, uh, positive aspects of exhibiting. And if you if you're hesitant about it, I mean, there are some things to think about if you're, if you're ready for it. But um, I think that overall, taking this leap, and it is a leap, it's a risk. And it's good. And then once you do it, a few times, you get better at it, and it gets to be a bit less daunting, less stressful. Um, and, And last week, we went through a lot of the logistics uh, that that you have to think about. And being as organized about that as you can is really helpful. But I want to kind of go into some of the other challenges uh, that aren't necessarily logistical in, in pulling this off <laughs> and, and having a, a good exhibit and, and feeling good about it. And the first thing I wanted to bring up was expectations and I think it's obviously great to have a positive outlook and to go into it, into your exhibit with with all with all good hope and and preparation and all those things. But to be realistic in terms of what you expect in terms of of sales or other opportunities that come out of it, and especially if you're new to this and if you're early in the game. This is new territory, and you may not really understand what happens at, at an exhibit. You haven't seen the process uh, evolve and go through because it's not certainly not all about the opening, and that's often where we place our expectations. But uh, so if you ha- if you're unknown and you're showing for the first time, or even it can certainly happen at any point in your career where the response is kind of low key. Um, and just to have some part of you prepared for the fact that this this can take a while to build up if you're new. And as I'll go into in a bit, there are factors that can affect an exhibit, even if you've shown many times. So, um, but that if you are new to this, um, those initial exhibits that you engage in, probably really good to think about them as as learning experiences, uh, and not saying, you know, don't give it everything you've got, because you should, you should, you should put your heart and soul into it. But at the same time, uh, the reality of it is that it takes a while to really hit your speed with, with exhibiting. Um, And I think a good attitude when when you have your exhibit up is gratitude. (laughs) That's always a good attitude, right? And you know, be grateful that people are showing up and they're and they're interacting with your work, and they're sometimes you get feedback that has nothing to do with sales, but you can be grateful for that. And somebody will tell you, you know, things about your show that they really enjoyed, and all that stuff you can soak up and say, "I'm on my way." You know, this is a good step. Um, once your show is up, 
I think there's, you enter a period of, I'm in this period right now. It's, it's sort of a limbo. I, I, I have an exhibit um, that's in Colorado and there's, there have been some sales, there have been some nibbles, there are some, you know, as they call it, like a true interest, you know, in the work and everybody's following up and all that stuff. But you, you can, sometimes those things are less frequent. They don't happen. Maybe there's one sale pending and you're waiting to hear, but that period of the exhibit can be stressful because you keep wanting good news. You know, you keep wanting the gallery to call up and say, oh, you're not going to believe what just happened, you know? And it's, it's an odd thing because it, it goes on for, I mean, most exhibits are three weeks or more. So during that time, you're sort of suspended in this, you know, sort of hopeful, but trying not to have huge expectations. <laughs> and, um, and that's something you just kind of live with. And uh, you do get used to that over time. And my own strategy usually is to kind of put it, put it aside, try not to think about it too much. On the other hand, trying to do some promotion during the show, myself, you know, occasional pictures and so on. And, and some people do more of that than I do. But, um, you know, anyway, it's just kind of strange time where a lot of events come and go and they're done and then you're done, you know, but, but not an exhibit. It goes on. So, yeah. So when you're kind of waiting for those, those, uh, those fruits from your, from your efforts, I, I suppose you, you kind of hope to at least, um, make enough, uh, money fairly quickly off of sales from that exhibit to at least cover your costs. That, um, yeah. That's but is it is there a a length of time that that you kind of um that you you have to evaluate things I mean I if a, if an exhibit is up for several weeks or or several months even um is it can it take 6 6 months a year 3 years before you see all of the results from that yeah. one exhibit Yes <laughs> I mean I'm I'm still occasionally selling work from an exhibit that I had in 2019 <laughs> in Atlanta Georgia and every now and then, and it wasn't it did not seem to be a very successful show at the time I I sold a few pieces felt a little let down and yet they still are selling the work. So if the gallery is willing to keep your work after the exhibit and a commercial gallery, you know, that's pretty much standard that they will keep at least most of it. Um, yes, that is absolutely true. It can play out over quite a long time. It is, it is very helpful and reassuring if, like you say, you cover, you sell enough initially to cover your expenses for the show. And, um, and yet that, that may not even happen, uh, at, at least at first. And and it is the advantage, though, of a of working with a commercial gallery over exhibiting in, say, a regional art center because they won't keep your work. And then when the show is over, it's over. There may be something that comes back at you later. Somebody saw your work in the show. They get in touch, say, hey, do you still have this? I mean, that's not unheard of, but the 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 rhythm of it is different so um it, it's it's more of a long long-term game with with a commercial gallery um let's take a quick minute to talk about our mid-roll sponsor if you are listening to this message it's because i produced this episode ahead of time and i didn't have time to record a new mid-roll before this episode went live if you are able to make a donation this week, I would rather you send it to one of the many organizations providing aid to those affected in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian than to donate it to the podcast. 
I like a charity called Cajun Navy, but there are many others. I'm not sure what deals are going on at Blick, which is normally what I would be talking about right now, but I'm sure that there's something on sale. So if you need art supplies, please use our affiliate link, which is MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. When you do, Blick will donate 10% of your purchase to the Messy Studio, and it costs you nothing extra. All right, let's get back to the show. So anyway, uh, you may be pleasantly surprised at how your show turns out. I mean, I know first-time artists who have sold lots of work in their first show, all that stuff. But try not to be discouraged if it if it doesn't go the way you want it to the first time. Oddly enough, I think expectations can grow over time. I mean, I think a lot of people recognize when they're starting out, okay, well, you know, I'm nobody really knows who I am, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when you've been exhibiting for a while, and I kind of touched on this, uh, you can still have an exhibit, even though you've had some very successful ones, you can still have one where it's quite dead. <laughs> um, and some things are just out of your control. I mean, the, maybe the economy is going through a dip or there's just bad weather, you know, off and on during the exhibit or the opening or, you know, there, there, maybe there's a pandemic, you know, <laughs> I mean, like all of these things can affect, they're out of your control. Um, I'd say take responsibility and control when you can, but uh, realize these things do affect who comes in and whether they buy anything. Um, and, and also just kind of, is it the right market for you? Sometimes it's not. And, and even a gallery might not, might not get that right. You know, your work may not really be what people are looking for happen to be looking for in that place and time. So do you have a feel for that um, fairly quickly in terms of what, what you're expecting? I, it, so it, I guess what I'm, what I'm saying is um, sometimes something can surprise you. You talked about the, the Atlanta mm-hmm. show yeah. producing fruit several years later, but, but it being kind of a, a, a slow burn on that one. Mm-hmm. But are there, are there shows where you just know immediately yeah, this is not this is not going to be that productive or or shows that are the opposite where you right away you, you think, OK, this is good. This is these are my people. This is <laughs> I, I find it hard to predict, actually. I mean, I've I've had shows where everything looked great and everything seemed like it would be positive and nothing sold. And and I also think I didn't mention, but the people in charge also have something to do with this. And this may be an unknown to you if you're new somewhere. Um, do the people running the place, um, are they excited about your work? Are they actively trying to sell it? And the time I'm thinking of, it turned out to be that they were not. They were not organized. They were not particularly enthusiastic. <laughs> and that's, you know, that interaction of the person who's actually in the gallery with when people come in and you know not really at the opening but in the weeks following that interaction is really important and so it is something hard to know um i i think i'm always hopeful you know i don't think i've ever had seen you know seen a show of mine up and thought oh this is a dodge you know uh i think i've always you know eternally hopeful at least for the first couple of weeks and then I then I sort of go down a little bit um, but I think you know whenever this happens the bottom line is that you worked hard you produced a lot of work and that's not the end of it you know you can you can take that work elsewhere and sometimes if you see it up on the wall and you decide you're not entirely happy with it uh, you can take it back to your studio and do something else with a, with a panel or whatever, um, depending on how you work. But 
I don't know. I, I think all that aside, most of the time, it's quite, it's a reasonable response. You know, in a typical exhibit, you'll probably sell a few pieces, you know, and cover those expenses. So it's it's more the, the lows and the highs, I think, that we tend to remember looking back over a number of exhibits. Um, but there's lots of them that are just, you know, you do it, it's good. Uh, you, you do all right, and then life goes on, you know, so it's okay. But you know that all those people saw your work, and 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 things can happen in the aftermath. Um, another thing I wanted to mention as kind of a, a pitfall as an emotional struggle when people have a have an exhibit and they're working towards their exhibit is perfectionism. And we have done podcasts about perfectionism in the past. It's a it's a pitfall. It's not your friend when you're putting on an exhibit, um, and it can throw you off in different ways. One is the actual work that you're going to put up in the exhibit, and just trying to be objective about your work to to the extent that, yes, this piece meets my standards. It has you know, good composition. It has other aspects of form that are really working. Um, it may not be your favorite piece. We always have our favorites and our less favorites. But if it if you feel that yes, I can objectively objectively say this is a good painting, um, it's okay to put it in your in your show. Uh, and know that when your show is up, there will be a range of, of how you feel about different paintings and or paintings or whatever you do in the exhibit. They can't all be number one. Uh, but sometimes people are quite perfectionistic, and if it isn't, if it isn't number one, if ever, if all of them aren't perfect, then it becomes uh, an emotional struggle to say, "Oh, I'm I'm showing this to the public." Well, in truth, if you stick to that, trying to do do that objective analysis about it, and you know, maybe invite a friend to help you with that, then you can rest assured that it's fine. And you can be very surprised about what people respond to. Sometimes it is your least favorite piece that people go crazy over. And it's it's always surprising. And and you can learn something from that, I suppose. So um, that's, that's one aspect of perfectionism. The other thing is you can plan and you can prepare as hard as you can and for everything you can think of. And yet something something or other is probably going to go wrong and not be as perfect as you would like it to be. So in the case of a gallery exhibit, maybe you go in and the way that it's been hung um, by the gallery staff feels crowded or something about it isn't right and the lighting isn't great or or there's just been some big struggle um, as you communicated with the venue and then something got miscommunicated or whatever. So I'm saying, you know, you might as well expect that something is going to go wrong and that you are going to be you are going to be asked to compromise about something. <laughs> and if you think about the stereotype kind of bridezilla person, you know, <laughs> very very anxious and everything be perfect, you know, you don't want to be like artistzilla, right? You you you're adding to your own stress by demanding perfection when it's unrealistic. So that is the voice of experience of many exhibits, very few of which struck me as absolutely perfect, but in the way that they were displayed or the way that everything was done. So yeah, just kind of live with it. Um, Do you have any techniques for maintaining your cool when when 
things are not going the way that you want them to? Um, well, I think that you, uh, in the moment, like, let's say you arrive for your opening and you find that things are not okay. You have to just recognize there's nothing I can do about this right now. Uh, later you can say, um, is there some way to adjust the lighting <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> I mean, if there's something specific that you notice that isn't right, yes, you can say something, but typically you, if you can, I always suggest checking out the exhibit before the opening. And, and sometimes if it's nearby or if you arrive at the place a little bit early, you have that opportunity, you can go in and check it over. And if there's something that can be done, I do think it's reasonable to say so. And otherwise, um, the gallery is doing what they believe is best. And when you deal with a commercial gallery, it's kind of, I don't know, artists are different in this way. I tend to kind of hand it over to them and say, do your thing, you know, unless it's something that I really object to. I don't try to interfere a lot. Um, and I, I think that artists who have had a lot of exhibits all have horror stories where things were not right. And they have some really good ones too. And, and I would, I was thinking about this as I was writing up the notes and I thought I've been exhibiting now for about, um, about 40 years. And in that time I've had a few openings and a few shows that were really successful in terms of selling everything or nearly everything during the exhibit or, or shortly after. I remember one opening I had where almost everything sold at the opening. Oh, I mean, it was astonishing and weird and I couldn't believe it. Uh, but I do try not to regard those as the standard because there are so many things so many variables. And as I mentioned, if you have those kind of moments in your art career, it can be hard to let go of those. I mean, those are like, we're talking about perfectionism. That's like the perfect opening. Will you have the perfect opening again? Mm, probably not, I have to say. It hasn't happened for me again. Um, and, you know, I guess I just treasure that and say that was an amazing experience. But I, I don't really think it's going to I don't look for it every time, that's for sure. Um, and the next thing I wanted to, to touch on dealing with, with stress, I mean, it's kind of part of all of this, but it is absolutely no doubt stressful to have deadlines that are around the show. And, and knowing that your work is going to be looked at and seen and somewhat judged. I mean, a lot of people will, you know, just casual viewers will have definite opinions about what you're doing. They may not say to you, but you know that they're looking at it and talking to their friends about it or whatever. Um, and so you, you know, you do feel very exposed. And so the, the things I just mentioned about kind of having realistic expectations and confronting your perfectionism and trying to identify it, those are two ways to lessen your stress for sure. But there's a few others. Um, one is about timing. And that gets down to being realistic about the time that you need to create this exhibit. And, and so to, to be, uh, to give yourself some padding around that. And when you're talking to the venue and they're suggesting dates or saying this will work or that will, uh, try to negotiate a date 
far enough in the future that it's going to be doable, but also, oddly, something that isn't really, really far away, <laughs> something that's kind of on the horizon. And I would say probably in the time frame of six to 12 months is a, is a good target zone. And the reason I say, you know, two years from now, that's hard because if, you, if you're planning something that far away, it not only hangs over you for a long time, it can also, um, I mean, a lot changes in that time, in your work, in you, and also um, you can let things slide because in your mind it's always so far away and then all of a sudden you can be abruptly realizing, oh, I really have to get on this, but it's been on the back burner for so long that you've kind of let it go. So, so looking for something, as I said, that's, you know, it's, it's in a time frame that you're certainly aware of it. It's not going to be too stressful, but you're going to, you're going to get on it. <laughs> and, and, and getting on it means, you know, committing to your studio time. Um, but also, you know, letting uh, some some downtime in there. And there's this sort of stereotype of an artist that's has their show coming up and they're working, you know, at fever pitch and all night long getting ready. And I don't really recommend that. <laughs> I, I've done some version of that, actually, where I've brought paintings to an exhibit that were still kind of wet. And galleries are not crazy about that. <laughs> uh it it can creep up on you, and and perfectionism does kick in, and you think, oh, I just I just need to make these changes, and then something happens, and all of a sudden you have to start over with some painting that you want to show in the next week or something, and it can definitely get a little crazy at the end. So, so trying to build in some some downtime towards towards the deadline, uh, and at least some cushioning and padding around that day, so you know don't take on other commitments that are going to get in the way of that. Uh, Do you find it useful to have some pieces that are kind of in the queue, uh, kind of available in case there's something that goes wrong? I do. I think it's better to make more than you really need for the exhibit. And um, yes, that can be that can be make you feel less stressed and it can it can make a better show because, yeah, if something does go wrong. Um, you can have these other work. It could might be a little bit older work or something that doesn't, in your mind, fit quite as well with the rest of it. But again, you know, it would have to meet your own standards. But uh, I think yeah, and that, fit with the show. Yeah, and fit with the show. Um, and and I think that is also a case of communicating with the venue and saying, um, presuming that they have a pretty good idea what you're going to put in the show, because usually have that conversation you say you know what uh this painting here is not going to be in the show (laughs) you don't always have to say exactly why but it's not available anymore uh do you do you think it's worked it will work to put this other one in and they'll more than likely say yes because i think that we we ourselves don't always see all the connections between our work and so even a slightly older piece or something is probably going to work just fine um, well, and I would imagine that there are times when things happen that are beyond your control, where a piece gets damaged in shipping or uh, possibly goes missing, God forbid. Yeah. Uh, or something, but something happens that is is not your fault, but right. it is good to have a, a, a backup. A little plan. backup, yes. And it's... Um, it's something when you're when you're putting together your body of work, yeah, to keep that in mind and you know have a plan B if something something happens. Um, 
So, and, and yeah, and, and also just to be able to make good choices. If you have, if you know that you're going to put 10 pieces in an exhibit and you have 12 or 14 that are potential in your studio done, then you're going to be discriminating and deciding what goes on the show and you're not scraping the barrel for something, you know. So I, I think it's always good advice to do a little bit more than um, you need. And I think it's also good to uh, have somebody that has a good eye, a friend, come in and just uh, kind of go through things with you and, um, you know, have some input. And as I said before, if you're working with a gallery, let them in on what you're, what you're thinking about, what your choices are. And you can send them a PDF or something with everything you've got and say, you know, choose. And, and I, I've done that. And I think it's fine because you're allowing the gallery to have a say in what they think will, will work well for the show and will work well for the people that, that come into the gallery and for sales. So it's, uh, most of the time when you're working with a commercial gallery, it's a collaborative effort. It is not so much when you're putting up a show in a in a non-commercial venue, then a lot more of it is up to you. And and that's fine too. It's an exercise in independence and making your own decisions and, you know, has its benefits. So I just have a few more thoughts about um, these kind of things that to keep in mind when your show is up um, and hopefully, you know, you've avoided too much stress, you're, you're actually able to enjoy the experience of having your exhibit. Um, and there's a, there's a certain, a few things about just gallery etiquette, deal, again, dealing with a commercial gallery, that basic trust that I just mentioned that, you know, it should be there. If you're working with them, then you should be able to trust them to do proper promotion, um, displaying the work and all those things. Um, a general attitude is uh, give what input is helpful, what they request, and anything that you want feedback on. And then let, you know, don't think that you have to be in control of everything. Just take a step back. You've done your part. You provided the work. Um, when the show is up, it is uh, a good thing in relationship with your gallery to when you're doing your self-promotion on Instagram or wherever you tend to be promoting things, to focus on that exhibit. Um, we, we rarely have two exhibits going on at the same time. It, it does happen. Uh, but if it's, if it's the only one that you're participating in at the time, I would say try to focus on that one, and that will be appreciated. And also to never, most, most artists know this, but never negotiate outside of the gallery. In other words, it is sometimes people will come up to you at an opening or during a show and, or contact you during a show and say, uh, try to work out something with you on the side. Oh, can I come to your studio and buy something? Or can I, uh, can I arrange a commission with you? Well, they know your work through the gallery. That's where they saw it. And you can always say, oh, how do you know my work? Oh, I saw it up at such and such a gallery. You don't, you don't, you just don't do that um, side business. <laughs> I mean, everything goes through the gallery when you're having a show, when you work with a gallery and someone's seen your work at the gallery. That's just really standard gallery practice. Galleries are very concerned about this, and they have various policies in place to control this. And it will be in a contract that you may have with them, or they've discussed it with you. 
So really be careful about that because when your work is up and you're in the spotlight and you have that focus on you, things can happen like that and just be be ready to pass it along to the gallery and everybody will be happy about that um, except for possibly the person who thinks they're going to get a really good deal on your work. <laughs> so <laughs> well, right. And it, it's, it's very understandable that, that galleries tend to be a bit touchy about this subject because this is how they eat. This is how they make their money. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but they, it, they they also they can get a little bit much with it. I I remember there was one, uh, there was a, a an artist that we were considering having an interview with, um, that I had seen at at a gallery, and I I asked the the gallery owner about contact information for the artist oh. to do an interview on a podcast episode, and they didn't want to give me contact information yes. for the artist. <laughs> right, and the galleries are struggling because they know that most artists are easily contactable through their website, through social media. Right. <laughs> and so it's, I mean, they, they walk a, you know, it's, it's a fine balance. And I am quite sympathetic to that. So I always try to be above board. I always am above board. And I have received very nice input from galleries saying, you know, we really appreciate your transparency or your honesty. I mean, I'll pass along sales if somebody contacts me about a painting that they saw on my website and I'll say, well, that's at such and such a gallery, contact them. And that is the professional thing to do, not contact the gallery and say, um, could I have that painting back? <laughs> and, then, and then sell it to the person. And, you know, it's just like, as long as you, I feel, as long as you play by the rules, you never have to worry about it. It's, you'll be respected. Everybody's okay with that. Um, I guess the only other thing I wanted to mention was it's a bit, it's related to that moment when you come in and you see your work hung in the exhibit and you have that initial impression, which usually is pretty impressive. <laughs> and I would say also to find a time, a quiet time in the gallery, maybe before the show opens or just sometime when it's quiet, if you can go in, sit with the work, um, and actually, you know, get a chair. They'll have one there somewhere. Take your notebook and and really, really look at your work because it is all there. It's all up and it's it's beautifully displayed. And you will see things. You'll see connections and ideas. You'll get ideas about where to go next and all those things. It's a really special thing to have your work on the walls or on pedestals, whatever it is you do. To be alone with that in that setting and to be able to contemplate it, I think is one of the most important things about having an exhibit. Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Well, I have been exhibiting my work for a long time, since, really since the early 1980s. And even with a lot of exhibits behind me, I still, I still definitely encounter some of the issues that um, you know we've been talking about today, especially the one about dealing with expectations. I think... I think a lot of us find that hard to, I don't know, to really control. And I, I can I can step back and say, oh, I'm having silly expectations again, but they're there and they can affect me. Um, and I have my horror stories like anybody else, um, but plenty of very good experiences. And when I felt really pleased and I enjoyed the whole event, I just think, I just find so much satisfaction in, as I mentioned in the very beginning, completing this cycle completing the cycle by having people see the work. Um, and to me, that is part of being a serious artist. Part of being a committed artist is following through with that. 
All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out RossTickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.